Well, hello from Los Angeles and welcome to the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School for Sunday, October 14th. I had to double check there. Sort of lost track of the date. Sunday the 14th of 2012. Nice to be with you. Thanks for being with us today, whether you're live on our webinar by web feed, telephone, or Skype, or maybe you're listening to streaming or the podcast. Uh, this program usually runs 20 to 25 minutes. It includes a little meditation and guided imagery exercise, and is followed by a premium training at 1.30 Pacific, 4.30 Eastern, and you can enroll in that if you'd like at theagelesswisdom.com. After the W's, the T-H-E is part of it, theagelesswisdom.com. Click on webinars. You can sign up in uh, like 60 seconds with your ATM card, your bank card, and uh, get a nice discount if you enroll for 13 weeks or a full year. The full year is the deepest discount and probably the most popular way that people listen to this class. Remember, after the class, we upload a CD quality version. Immediately, it's just telephone quality. But a few hours later, you get a nice CD quality version, and you can download that as an MP3, put it on your computer, and then add it to your smartphone or your iPod or iPad or other MP3 playing device. Today we're going to do part three of our five-part mini-series called The Five Talents. We're going into emotional intelligence now. The first two talents that we did last week and the week before were about critical thinking, how to get past the binary either-or thinking that dominates the thoughts of most people, especially when they're stressed to a third way of thinking, a middle way, so to speak. And then last week, we talked about supplementing logic with intuition and how to think conceptually. Conceptual understanding was our topic last week. Now, today we're going to begin emotional intelligence, and this will spill over into next week as well, talents three and four, are owning your feelings and following your heart. And then session five will be awareness. So we've got two of the five talents on thoughts, two of the five talents on feelings, and then one on awareness, thoughts, feelings, and awareness. For most people, we're building to number five here. For most people, the awareness is the elusive and the secretive concept. Everybody, of course, understands that they have thoughts. Most people seem to understand that they have emotional feelings that also have value. And then the idea of being aware of the thoughts and the feelings, or better said, being the awareness of the thought and feeling as opposed to believing you are your thoughts and feelings. What is the role of our actual identity in this mix of your mental nature, your emotional nature, and awareness is really your spiritual nature, you see? 
And how do we identify? It's almost like an evolution where most people are stuck with their thoughts and identify with, I am my thinking, I am what I believe, I think it, therefore I must believe it, therefore I must be that. (laughs) Some sort of uh, assemblage of your thoughts. And of course, many of your thoughts are wrong. Many of my thoughts are wrong. It's just the nature of thinking that sometimes we're wrong. So that would be a sad situation to be your thoughts, but that's what most people believe. Then as you evolve, as you grow, as you, shall we say, mature a little bit, you become aware of your emotional nature. Some people do this in another order. You could make an argument also that as children, we're more emotionally aware and then we develop our mental nature. You could make an argument that many women are much more oriented toward their emotional nature than their mental nature. But I think generally speaking, it's the nature of school to emphasize the way we think and pretty much ignore the way we feel. So I think, generally speaking anyway, for most of us, maturing is expanding your identity from what I think to what I think and what I feel. But then when we get to the point, and many people never do, but here you are listening to this class, so you obviously have a sense that there's more going on here. And as we unfold or evolve to the point where we become aware of our awareness, then we open to our spiritual nature. We understand that we can become the witness or the observer of our thoughts and feelings, that we have choices about what we think, You know the phrase, I changed my mind. Notice we don't have a similar phrase for our emotional nature. You don't usually hear people say, well, I used to feel that way, but I changed the way I feel. Changed my mind is a popular phrase. Changed my feelings sounds a little odd, right? We don't yet have that in our vocabulary or our lexicon, most people are still playing victim to their emotional nature. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. And then to continue that process, as I said, the fifth talent is to be aware of your thoughts and feelings. I still haven't really decided if when I begin teaching this as a public seminar the first part of next year, whether I'll make this fifth talent awareness, the first or the fifth. In many ways, it's where the cycle connects up, you know, where you go around. So it's, in many ways, thoughts and then feelings and then awareness, but that leads to another way of looking at your thoughts and feelings. So if you come to the public seminar next year, you may find that I've decided to teach the first talent as awareness and then follow it with thoughts and feelings. So our topic for the day today, in the current order anyway, is number three, 
beginning three and four as emotional intelligence. Number three is owning your feelings. And then next week, we'll talk about follow your heart. In many ways, owning your feelings is follow your heartache. And this catches people by surprise because they're used to hearing follow your heart, but they're not used to hearing follow your heartache. I think it was my friend, uh, the author Andrew Harvey, who first used that phrase in my presence. I think the first time I heard follow your heartache was from Andrew. And it's really quite profound, and it made perfect sense at the time because in psychotherapy and social work and spiritual counseling, we've always had phrases Basically, you cannot heal what you refuse to feel or framed in a more positive way. You must feel it to heal it. So you have to feel the hurt if you're going to heal the hurt, you see. Another phrase that counselors and therapists sometimes use is the only way out is through. And this is why many people resist therapy, they think, well, I don't want to go through that. I really don't want to have to face my pain, and I I sure don't want to face the fear that underlies all of my pain and my hurt. So I'll just continue coping with it, trying to mask it or repress it or whatever, and that never really works out very well. You end up getting sick emotionally or even physically. Uh, You can create a dependence if you self-medicate with drugs or alcohol. It's never really a good idea. You really do have to face your fear and, and feel the hurt in order to understand it, move through it. And so to own your feelings is to follow your heartache. You have to follow the heartache Take ownership of the feelings and follow the heartache and understand that so you can heal it and then follow your heart. How are you going to follow your heart if every time you turn your attention to your emotional feelings, it hurts? Don't you see? So it makes perfect sense, talents three and four, or maybe they'll end up being four and five, but... Stay tuned. It makes perfect sense in this field of emotional intelligence to face your fear before you follow your love. The path to the love is through the fear, don't you see? It's sort of like buried treasure uh, or a phrase I've used for years, that the best parts of us are hidden where we're most afraid to look. This is very powerful very profound, and I hope you recognize the truth in this, and we'll join your friends and neighbors here for the premium training in a few minutes when we begin that at one thirty Pacific time. So let's talk a little about what it means to own your feelings. First of all, most people are, well, backwards. I don't want to say you're backward, but the approach to this is somewhat reversed in that we play a victim. We believe our feelings are done to us, that 
as I said in the newsletter this week, good examples of this are he made me angry or it was her behavior that uh, caused me to be jealous, right? She did it to me. Or the guy that called my talk show years ago and said, Michael, I I need your help with something. Uh, I, I, I don't know what to do. People make me get into fights. <laughs> and I laughed out loud at him and then apologized. But he did argue. He did push back when I said, you know, nobody can make you get into a fight. And he argued, of course, well, I have to defend myself. And was it really a matter of defending himself or was he defending his pride? Uh, and the idea that, you know, nobody can make you feel inferior without your consent had escaped him. That's that wonderful Eleanor Roosevelt line. I used to have it hanging in my office. I've just moved into a new office here, so... Maybe I'll hang it again. It's a very powerful line. No one can make you feel inferior without your consent. In other words, emotionally, nobody can hurt you or insult you, upset you, or make you angry if you don't think they've got some sort of point. If somebody says you're stupid or you're ugly, you must think there must be some truth in that. Like, why are you pointing that out? You know, I, I, I guess I am pretty stupid. I mean, if you knew it wasn't true, why would it hurt? Now, this is a little confusing because everyone is going to take the initial hit. If somebody insults you or says something mean, you're always going to take an initial ow, a hit, and you're going to react. The question is not, can I live in a place where that stuff doesn't hurt me or upset me or knock me off balance? The question is, how quickly can I recover? How quickly can I take a breath, relax, and remember, hey, that's not true. That nasty, mean, insulting thing that somebody said, especially if it's somebody close to you, someone you love, someone you trust, because your guard is down. When you love somebody, you put down the barriers and the fences. You're all open and vulnerable, and if they say something mean and hurtful, bang, right? And so the walls go up. The ego moves forward in your conscious awareness, as if you're being threatened somehow. And it might take you a few minutes, sometimes a few days, a few hours. Can you get it down to a few minutes? Yes. And can you get it down to even a matter of three to five seconds? Yeah, that's the goal. I mean, I think if somebody walked up to Buddha or Jesus and poked him in the sternum with a long bony finger and said insulting stuff about their mothers, they might get upset for a second and their nostrils might flare. I mean, if Buddha is the perfect embodiment of the Buddha, no, he carries that Buddha-like nature, that frequency, and would look at you with sympathy and compassion immediately. 
and forgive you in the instant, in the twinkling of an eye. And the Christos, Jesus the Christ, Christ consciousness in the same way, it would just be, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. <laughs> right? That's, that's the essence of Christianity. I know in religion, the Christian religion makes it about Christ's blood washing away the sins of the world and so on. But a more mystical understanding, a Gnostic or the Essene, the original versions of Christianity, the secret of Calvary is not blood washing away your sins. It's it's not the death of Christ, it's the life of Christ. It's Father, forgive them, for they know. Imagine hanging on a cross and saying, forgive these people that are torturing me, that are tormenting me, that that are killing me, and crucifying me, nailed to a cross, and you say, I forgive you, or Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. This is the compassion of the great religions, and oddly, institutionalized religion sort of skips by it. It depends. I mean, different preachers, different teachers, priests, rabbis, imams, ministers, they all have their own angle. I'm generalizing, but you see my point. So we're talking about emotions really as a bridge between your mental human nature and the way most people think and your awareness or your spiritual nature. Emotions are the portal or the doorway to spirituality. And to do a 180, to turn around the idea that emotions are done to you and see them instead as a response that comes from you, allows you then to not only reduce the amount of time radically and drastically that it takes you to recover and take ownership and respond more appropriately, but to use your emotional nature to understand yourself rather than trying to understand the person that made you feel that way. If you obsess on why would they say that? Why would they hurt me? What's wrong with them? What did I do? I don't deserve that. Why would they treat me that way? You know you're in the fight-or-flight mode. Your ego is afraid you're in danger. But as soon as you can begin to consider why would I respond that way, what part of me is afraid that this insult may have a grain of truth, and you begin to put your attention on understanding yourself as the responder rather than the other person as the stimulator, you still with me? Now this is the shift of emotional intelligence. This is the point where you make that Leap, it really is a major leap in consciousness towards spiritual awareness, understanding that emotions are a response and they're deeply personal, they're intimate, and they reveal you. 
So nobody made you feel this way. You bought into it. Somebody tells me I'm stupid initially. If it's somebody I respect and care about, I'm going to be rocked back on my heels for a second. Somebody says something mean or nasty, whoa, if they're close to me especially, going to take me a minute to recover. But often I can get it down to three to five seconds with a breath, relaxing and saying, this is about me. Now, that changes the way you respond in the situation. The nature of what you say in response begins to soften. You don't buy into the argument. You, you don't pull back on the rope and start a tug of war. You let go. It's forgive them for that attempt to hurt you, for that nasty thing that they said. Forgiveness just means letting it go. You drop it. It's irrelevant. It's often pathetic. And that's what forgiveness is. It's not some great holy granting of abstinence. It's, <laughs> it's just dropping it and putting it down. It's something you do for your own benefit more than, you know, I forgive you is something I'm doing for me more than really for you. But both of us benefit if I can let go of it and then take ownership. If it did hurt, if it did rock me off center a little bit, what does that say about me? And then I do something like I'm about to suggest you do. Can't do it all the time because life goes on, but whenever you're able, take a couple of minutes and reflect. Do this now. Close your eyes. If you can, if this is a good time, sit back. Otherwise, get the podcast, get the replay, download the MP3 and do it at your leisure. Sit back now and relax. Close your eyes. Take a few slow, deep breaths. And create and sense in the muscles in your body a letting go feeling. Feeling safe and relaxed. And then after a few slow, deep breaths and allowing yourself to feel muscles relaxing and unwinding, simply ponder or reflect upon the hurt or the upset. See if you can locate in the body, where did you feel that? Was it like a punch in the stomach? Or was it a little higher? Was it in your heart? You might ask yourself, what does this remind me of? What are some other times in my past when I have felt similar feelings? Because maybe only a little bit of what's hurt or upset me is about what just happened. It could be that the bulk of the hurt or upset is really quite old, but being triggered by what just happened. So what can I remember about the last time I felt this way? And simply because you're relaxing and your mind begins to quiet and your emotional nature calms down, 
like water becoming still and undisturbed, smooth as glass. You're able to see more clearly. You're more likely, as we discussed last week in conceptual understanding, to see the bigger picture, to get the aha, thoughts, understanding, arrives full-blown from deep in the unconscious mind. Oh, I see. Well, no wonder I felt that way. This reminds me of when... Oh, no wonder. I get it. And understanding is the antidote to the hurt. Then you take another nice, slow, deep breath. And as you exhale, you open your eyes. Do this now. Open your eyes. Wide awake, alert, relaxed, still, rested, refreshed, energized, and feeling a whole lot better because you're free. Now the person who hurt you or insulted you can jump up and down and turn red in the face and point their finger and yell obscenities, and you just know better. It's like it doesn't matter. It's very big. Owning your feelings. Now, we're going to get into this in depth, and I'm going to provide in the premium training that follows in just a few minutes a very, very powerful in-depth technique expanding on what we just did. So you can enroll for a single class, or as I said earlier, a 13-week quarter, get a nice discount for that, or the deepest discount, sign up for a whole year. You may find it's even tax-deductible. A lot of people, this is an educational business expense because... It's stress management. really helps you in business. You have to check with your tax guy, but I hardly ever mention that, but it really is true. In many, many cases, people take deductions for these kinds of educational expenses. So we'll see you over there. The URL and the password you need will come up on the thank you page, and email will confirm it, and you can do it in about 60 seconds at theagelesswisdom.com. The W's dot theagelesswisdom.com. We'll see you there in a little while. We'll also talk to you next week when we do the fourth of the five talents. Have a wonderful week. Be gentle, love life, and take care of each other. This is Michael Benner. So long from L.A. <laughs>